Welcome to Sheesh Fit, a celebration of good health and an examination of holistic fitness. I'm your host, Ashish Thomas. Lower cross syndrome is a postural imbalance affecting muscles in the lower back and hips and is usually a result of sitting or having postural slash muscular imbalances. Someone with lower cross syndrome has anterior pelvic tilt and excessive lordosis. This means that the pelvis slants forward and the butt shoots back. And because of this positioning, the lumbar spine curves inward, creating a lordotic posture. This is something personal trainers look out for in clients when doing static postural assessments. We already discussed upper cross syndrome in an earlier episode, but lower cross syndrome is also commonly assessed. Upper and lower cross syndrome are both issues that trainers try to address because they're rooted in muscle imbalances. In the case of lower cross syndrome, the notable imbalances are overactive and tight hip flexors, as well as underactive and weak abs and glutes. This makes sense. The hip flexors are clearly very tight and shortened for those with lower cross syndrome because overactivity of the hip flexors is what tilts the pelvis forward and downward. There's nothing to combat that and pull the pelvis into proper alignment, but the abs and glutes are weak. Now, lower cross syndrome, as you may have guessed, leads to plenty of problems. Low back pain is definitely one of them. This is because the excessive curvature of the lumbar spine puts more stress on the structures of the lower back, such as the spinal discs, joints, and ligaments. People with lower cross syndrome can also get hip and knee problems. The altered posture and biomechanics of the hips can lead to issues like hip impingement, IT band syndrome, and patellofemoral pain syndrome. Lower cross syndrome can also severely hinder mobility and comfort during exercise. So how do we go about treating lower cross syndrome? Well, we have to strengthen those underactive weak muscles, so the glutes and the abdominals, and stretch out those tight overactive muscles, that being the hip flexors. Before doing any stretch or strengthening exercise though, it's important to get the pelvis in proper alignment. Our goal is to be able to maneuver our spine back into a neutral position. So if you have lower cross syndrome, the easiest way to do this is by laying down on a firm surface with your feet on the floor and your knees up and getting that lumbar spine to touch the ground. We're doing this because if you have lower cross syndrome, then when you're laying down, you'll notice that there is a noticeable gap between the floor and the lumbar spine. By going into more of a posterior pelvic tilt, we can get rid of that gap. And you can perform multiple reps of going back and forth between posterior and anterior pelvic tilt. Closing that gap, opening that gap back up, and then closing it again. The goal, as I mentioned, is to be able to control that pelvis so that you can maintain a neutral spine when doing the exercises and stretches. We won't be able to help ourselves with those things if we can't keep a neutral spine. In fact, we may even get ourselves injured. When it comes to stretching for the lower cross syndrome, we commonly use lunging patterns, and we're also going to utilize static stretching. The most basic stretch is just a traditional lunge stretch. So essentially, you should get on the floor into the bottom lunge position 
with both knees at 90 degrees. Some padding like a towel or some foam is preferable for your resting knee. You should also keep your spine neutral and your upper body upright. From this position, you can do a lot to increase the amount of stretch you feel. You can push your front knee forward and hold that forward position. You can also rotate your upper body while you're lunged to get more of a stretch in your back. You can also put your rear foot up on a bench or against a wall. And I find that the stretch is even more noticeable when doing that. When you do it against the wall, if you keep your upper body upright and really try to posteriorly tilt that lower spine, you should get a very noticeable stretch in the hip flexors. Doing that step is very important. Now, these lunging stretches can get intense, so you may not want to hold for a very long time. The best way of approaching this stretching is doing reps. You stay upright for 10 to 20 seconds or even longer, then you curve your body down to rest. Then you repeat the process. Now we also have to stretch the lower back. And to do that, I particularly like using yoga. One yoga exercise that I think is particularly beneficial is the cat-cow. For this exercise, you have to get on your hands and knees and then pull your stomach to the floor and look up. Hold that for a few seconds, then push your belly back up and your spine to the ceiling. Look down to the floor and really squeeze your abs. Then you go back into a neutral position and repeat the steps. And that's cat-cow. Yoga movements overall are very helpful for the lower back. But there are also Pilates exercises, like the rollover, which can also reduce a lot of discomfort. Alright, so that's stretching covered. When it comes to strengthening those weak muscles, as I said, we gotta focus on the glutes and abs. The glutes are worked through hip hinge movements, and I think the best hip hinge movement that you can do to get them strong and reduce lower cross syndrome is the hip thrust. This is when you keep your upper back on an elevated surface and push your hips up and back down. This is a terrific movement, and it's great for getting those glutes strong while also avoiding pressure on the lower back. It's a lot easier to hurt yourself with something like the deadlift because your spine is in a far more risky position. With the thrust, as long as you keep your spine neutral, you should be very safe. For this exercise though, many of you with anterior pelvic tilt will have to start without any weights. But after you get the hang of it, try using resistance bands. If you get comfortable with that, you should move on to barbells and some plates. Alright, next up is abs. It's important to get your abs strong without working the hip flexors too much. We would set ourselves up for failure if we were to strengthen already overactive muscles. So the best way to train abs will be using isometric exercises like the plank, where you're holding a position for an extended period of time. In addition to that, you can also use crunching movements. I would label them reaching movements in this case. As an example of a crunch or reach, you can lay down with your knees on a bench and reach for your feet, squeezing the glutes the whole time. You should also slow this movement down and really focus on that contraction as you reach towards your feet. And that's it. Those are some stretches and exercises to deal with lower cross syndrome. Doing exercises and stretches aren't going to solve your problem on their own though. I'm all too familiar with this. 
You have to make sure that in addition to these movements, you make a conscious effort to keep your spine neutral throughout the whole day. You got to force your body into proper alignment. If you're constantly drooping, you aren't going to solve the issue. But add these exercises and stretches to your routine. They will seriously help you and get you standing straight again.